Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Byrd. This show is about philanthropy, entrepreneurship, positive thinking, and humanity. A show that will help you make that decision when that hour is upon you. Our guests share some of their experience, expertise, and stories during their decision hour. You get to hear what they're doing today and how it might help you in the near future. My guest today is the same way. She is doing incredible things. She is one of our nation's heroes, and I'm going to be bringing her on here in just a few moments. First off, I want to give a huge thanks to Heroes Media Group and all the great shows and sponsors of the network. To learn more about Heroes Media Group or how you can become part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Now, today, very special guest. Um, she is the CEO of major organizers. She is uh, one of our nation's heroes. She was a, a major in the United States Air Force. Uh, so I'm going to bring her on right now. Angela Cody, how are you today? Hello, Adam. I'm having a majorly organized day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for taking time and, and joining us here today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to inspire any entrepreneurs or anybody thinking about getting out of the military or quitting a corporate job and starting this entrepreneurship journey. I love it. So let's jump right into this. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a major in the United States Air Force woo, <laughs> and I had the keys to the nukes. That is true. I worked down in a hole in the ground for 24, 48 hours at a time with one other person, no loan zone, two person concept. And um, I'm sure anyone listening can imagine that was an incredibly stressful career field. And at a certain point in my military career, I was a captain. I got off active duty and uh, went for this big corporate job that I that I uh, longed for, this freedom of a corporate job, company car, expense account. But I missed my comrades so much. I, I, I couldn't believe it that I went back into the reserves for many more years and I uh, pinned on the rank of major. And as I was pinning on major, I was five months pregnant with my first child, Liliana. And when I would come home from military duty, from reserve duty, my husband would run to the front door and hand baby Lily to me and say, major mom is home. And then 18 months later, I had my son. I waited obviously a while to have kids. And <laughs> at that point, I decided that military life and motherhood were no longer compatible. And I also walked away from corporate life. I walked away from all of it because I think the way many of us military uh, folks are wired is that we are 100% mission focused and we have a very hard time balancing the Air Force, regardless if it's reserves or active duty in your corporate job. And I just couldn't seem to fit, squeeze my family into the time that I had left in the day. And so I, I think that was my decision. My first decision hour was go after 14 years of service and maybe quote unquote throw away retirement or throw away my family. So decision hour there was at uh, 14 years then getting out to be a better mom and more available to my family. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And and I could definitely relate. I did uh, nine years in the National Guard. And when I got back from my first deployment, it was um, uh, right off the battlefield to the courtroom uh, to custody of, uh, at the time, a one and a half year old. Or yeah, one and a half. And it, it's been uh, a journey since. And I tried 
you know, doing the, uh, the single parent thing in the military, um, for about a year and a half after that. And it just wasn't, wasn't clicking. Uh, so my hat's off to you, ma'am, for, uh, making the right decision and, and obviously spending more time with your family, uh, which is, which is great. Cause you, you can never get those times back. So that, that's absolutely awesome. And thank you for your service to, uh, this great nation of ours. You're welcome. Thank you for your service as well. I like, you know, I, I love that affirmation that it was a good decision. I, I definitely know that within seven to eight months of that decision, I thought I had made the worst decision in my life. Um, one, I was isolated at home with two little ones. You know, I have an MBA. I was a major in the Air Force. I was used to telling people what to do and they did it. And I have these kids and they didn't listen to a word. <laughs> And I thought, wow, what is going on here? And I joined mommy groups and I joined, I joined anything to try to reacclimate to civilian life. And I really struggled. And I know only people who are in the service really get this because it is really wild being around a lot of civilians. Um, they're wired differently. And I struggled big time. I was so different from everyone else. And uh, my, at the same time, I quit everything. Our real estate business was rocking and rolling in Denver, Colorado. Um, we were making money hand over fist, and I wasn't worried about money at all. Literally eight months after I resigned my commission in the Air Force and quit my corporate job um, as a primary breadwinner of our family, our real estate business tanked and we lost everything, our home, our real estate assets, everything except our health and our faith. And everyone was saying, go back in the Air Force. You should have never, ever Put your job in the Air Force and um, I knew that that was just the time for a second decision hour of now what? What am I going to do now? <laughs> so then, you come to that and, and what was that decision? That second hour, what decision did you make? Well, I wish I could say it was so clear what I should do because in the midst of um, being an employee for so many years and yes, having uh, a side business in real estate or a business in real estate with commercial and real, uh, residential holdings. We had our appraisal company. You know, we really were self-employed. So we, I don't really fear, feel that that's entrepreneurial. So one day my husband came home and he said, you know, you, we, we're in trouble. You can't find a job and people aren't hiring. And this was right, you know, right in full swing of the great recession, they call it. And we had to go back to the drawing board. And one day my husband came home and said, you know, you love organizing. You do it for people all the time. You watch the shows. You read the books by every organizer that shows up on Oprah. I'm wondering if you could do that here locally in Denver. And I thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever <laughs> I thought, what? That, that, what do you, that, that's just things people do on TV. That's not real. That's not our career field. And so... It was just exciting enough to me, though. Of course, I had the, that's so dumb. I can't believe you're saying this to me. And then I ran upstairs and Googled Peter Walsh, professional organizer. And he was a member of the National Association of Professional Organizers. Before you know it, this was 10 years ago. I joined that organization that day, got all of my training and started the company Major Mom, a residential organizing company 10 years ago. And it has been a wonderful, wild journey since then, bringing on business partners, having lots of employees, being in five states, franchising. It is a, boy, I thought nuclear weapons and being a mom was a wild ride. And entrepreneurship is a 
crazy unpredictable ride. Now you've been, uh, I'm on your website, uh, and those of you that are listening right now, here's the cool thing about it. You're listening to this, which means you're already online. Go ahead and open up another browser. Go to www.majororganizers.com. And uh, it's really cool. Uh, I love this website, too. This is really neat. Um, You have quite a few accolades uh, and and quite the long uh, record of success. You were on uh, Shark Tank Season 7, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It it looks like you've you've been... um, uh, finalist for Women Veteranpreneur uh, of the Year by Novoba, just to name a few. Uh, you, I mean, and the list can goes on. I mean, holy cow! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> TV appearances, radio. I mean, you you you're everywhere. Yeah, I, I my faith is strong. I I I never understood some of the opportunities that were afforded me, but I know that. As a woman of faith, many of those doors that were open was because of my faithfulness to uh, my church and my God. I, I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but nope. sometimes you just have to say, how in the world did you get on Shark Tank? That makes no sense. They hate franchising concepts. They don't like service companies. Mark doesn't, Cuban doesn't like mommy-owned businesses. And so, you know, there's a lot of, wow, how did that happen? And I have to say, I have no idea how some of these things even happened. Doors got open. Being a veteran at this point in, in time as an entrepreneur is incredibly fortunate for me and other veterans because the media is very friendly towards vets because our country has done such a horrible job towards its vets for so many decades. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, God help the, you know, the Vietnam vets. But this is a great time to be a veteran and an entrepreneur because there are a lot of doors open just with those two qualifications alone, don't you know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I want to I want to piggyback off of something you said here a moment ago that uh, that you know you credit a lot of this success to your faith, and uh, I, and I happen to be a and not only a a brother in arms but a, a brother in, in in God as well. Uh, and, and those that have been listening to the show for the last couple of years know uh, my story with with. Uh, faith. So I think, you know, God does some amazing things. And, uh, and you, 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 when you give things to him, uh, he opens a lot of doors. Uh, and clearly, uh, your faith is strong. And, and the fact that you're willing to uh, say that openly, uh, again, is, is just more of a sign of just what's to come for you. And, and it's exciting just looking and, and sitting here talking to you. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. You're welcome. Very, I'm glad to hear you're also on that same journey and in entrepreneurship really it gets very lonely and so it's it's very comforting having some spiritual cheerleaders if you will on your side as long as you're making good decisions for the right reasons with your heart in the right place things just seem to go in a great direction not without a ton of obstacles as you know <laughs> and a lot of moments where you think why am i doing this um, family and friends still say, gosh, you could be running, you know, you could be a CEO for a huge company and making millions, but yet you just keep reinvesting your money into this business of yours. And, um, they don't have the the faith in the, and they don't see the future like I see it. And, um, and that's okay. But the entrepreneurs out there listening, hopefully hear that, 
once you have a vision and a mission, lock and load and stay on it. It could yeah. take 10 to 20, 30 years, but stick to it. It will pay off. You know, I, I ended, you make such a great, there's so many great points there. And I want to, I want to add to this because I recently had a conversation with a business coach, uh, and, and being an entrepreneur, like you said, it, it's very lonely at times. And, and I've said this before, and there's been times I'd be lying to you guys. If I said there wasn't, you know, a few times where I've thought about, you know, maybe I need to go back to corporate America or something. And somebody said something to me the other day, like, Adam, you're a man of man of God. Are you not? And I said, yes. They're like, do you think that vision that you've had for your business and everything, do you think that's your vision or do you think that's God's vision? And I was like, oh, um, okay. And they're like, so, you know, we don't, we don't control, you know, we, we're here on earth and, and, and a lot of the time you can't control the situations, but you control your, your reactions to situations and these visions, he's like, she had said that vision is a gift from God to you. Are you going to disobey his? And, and and like, it totally blew me out of the water. It wasn't something I expected, but it made a lot of sense to me. And, uh, and, and I can say this, Angela's right. Those of you that are listening, it can, it, it's a lonely road, but if you have that vision, you have to harness that vision and move forward step by step and, and don't get uh, impatient. And as some of us, myself, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I like it. Yeah, we got, it has to happen right here, right now. Uh, and that doesn't always happen that way. Which brings me to a question for you, Angela, is, is what's, uh, what would you say has been the hardest thing for you um, in starting your journey? I think the hardest thing for me personally is when I get to the decision hour, when there is really an important decision to be made in the military, a lot of times somebody made it for you or <laughs> you made the decision and they overturned it or they enhanced it or something like that happens. But in, in an entrepreneur and as the head of the company, that decision hour is up to you. You can get feedback and input, but at the end of the day, you make the decision and everyone has to live with it. And I think that is the hardest part, takes the most courage, because a lot of decisions that are made when you have employees are not popular. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they will make you pay. Trust me, you know, just like employees will do, they will make you pay, even though your heart's in the right place towards them. You're trying to build a national brand. You know, you're, you're trying to move past um, so maybe competitors or just do things, maneuver here and there as need to. That's the hardest part is knowing that every decision that's made for the company, it, there the buck stops with me. There is nobody to blame. I never would do that anyway. But then the fallout from some of those decisions are excruciatingly painful. For example, um, rebranding from major mom to major organizers after Shark Tank. Oh, that is, that is something I would wish for no one to experience because the fallout was uh, crazy. Some of our employees left because they hated the new name major organizers. They hated the direction the company was going. Even though our vision for 10 years was to be a national brand, we had so many people against the name change, clients, employees, friends, family, every majority were saying, oh God, don't do it. Don't do it. What are you doing? And 
I actually didn't want to do it. What happened was God brought three people into my life, one before Shark Tank and the sharks in the Shark Tank and one after Shark Tank. And all three of them, very successful people said, if you want to franchise and you want to be a national brand, you have to drop the mom part of the brand. I was so offended. (laughs) What? (laughs) Major mom, like that is everybody loves that name. People love it. They said, yes, but you don't have enough money to continuously explain what major mom does, what you're about. And so they really made me see that many people misinterpreted when we're out and about in our t-shirts and camo pants, marketing, networking, that they would think we were a nanny service, a maid service. They would think that um, we were a boot camp for moms where we get them in, in shape. And I thought, wow, I am not in shape, but I thank you for thinking that. Um, so the, the major mom brand itself was confusing the marketplace until they had five minutes with us to explain what we were and what we were about. Well, for a national brand that you don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars to explain what you are and who you are, that's not good. So rebranding was tough. And I felt like, you know, I was losing my identity, losing a brand I built for eight years. So that decision hour did not come easily. And when I finally made the decision, you know, the fallout has still been happening for the last year because eight years of major mom changing everything over to major organizers is a tough road to hoe. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this and that's, I, I love, I love it. And, and you have a major mom company on the website, major organizers. Clearly it, it states, uh, you know, what it is that you do. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the services uh, that you guys offer? Our main service is decluttering every nook and cranny of homes, closets, garages, basements. We declutter them and then organize them. We help people decide what to get rid of and what to keep because an outside perspective really is key when people have, you know, maybe 500 books and they think they need them all, but there's no place for them. So they've been in boxes for 10 to 20 years and they keep moving them and they're still convinced (laughs) they need them. It's like, no, you actually need to let go of them. They're just an anchor around your neck and they aren't actually bringing you joy they're a source of stress and so sometimes just having a strong non-judgmental proficient highly trained organizer coming in to work with you we call ourselves liberators for a reason um we help you let go of things and hence at the end of the day or the end of the week when we're done with our team you absolutely feel liberated. You've let go of things that you haven't needed for five to 20 years. I'm sitting here looking at, at some of the pictures on here and then I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking around my house right now. I'm just like, oh my God, they would have a field day in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we have a gift. Our, we say our gift is God-given, creating order. Not everybody has a gift and we feel you should share your gifts with the world and that's what we're doing. We love to declutter and organize. It's, and sometimes it requires redesign. We have to move the office around. Um, I love organizing papers and many people on our team organize papers. And 10 years later, we have franchise locations 
And I still am in the field organizing with either my own clients or training other organizers or training our employees because it's still my favorite thing to do, organize because it's so therapeutic to me personally to liberate people. And, you know, that's why our brand is really growing because when we say we are liberators and that is how people feel, I think that really sums up our services. Angela, let me ask you for, you know, I'm looking at the location, uh, excuse me, you're looking at locations uh, that you guys are currently, uh, Arizona, Colorado, uh, looks like you're coming soon to Nevada, Ohio, and Texas. Um, for, for for let's let's say somebody that's not uh, near one of uh, near one of your locations, do you guys is it, can you still work with them even though if let's say they're in a remote area, northern Wisconsin or you yeah. know, something like that, can you still work with them? Yes, we use um, we use Google Hangouts, Zoom, Facebook, or not Facebook, FaceTime. We use video communication to do virtual organizing because many people actually are fairly organized, but they're stuck. They are stuck with um, possibly, I have books from college and I can't get myself to get rid of them. I have an office full of things I just can't let go of. And not that we just coach them, encourage them to let go, but we show them how to preserve the memories of all the stuff and let the physical go. So we have all kinds of techniques, such as take a picture of the college textbooks, um, stack the college textbooks up high and sit on them and take a picture, do something fun, and then recycle the suckers because the library doesn't want them. Nobody wants them because most textbooks are outdated the day they were printed. Good point. Very good point. Angela, why don't you tell the listeners right now how, uh, for those that are listening that are interested in your services or perhaps maybe they're uh, looking to become a franchise, how can they reach out and get in touch with you? They can go to majororganizers.com. There's a franchise tab on there and they would fill out an interest form. And if you need our services, majororganizers.com also has a request estimate or virtual organizing. And those forms get filled out. We have a main scheduler that then gets that to the right cities and um, get the person scheduled for for virtual. I still do virtual organizing. I still take clients for now. I imagine maybe in five to 10 years, I won't have any time to take on any clients. But for now, it's something I enjoy doing. So I still do virtual organizing. And I've had a lot of success helping people push through their clutter. 90% of clutter is delayed decisions. Absolutely love it. Angela, before we let you go today, uh, piece of advice for our listeners, anybody that's interested in, in what in becoming an entrepreneur or making that decision or what have you, what advice would you give them today? I'd say that probably the most important advice is for the, for the, uh, the, the military folks out there, this is going to sound really difficult to do maybe, and maybe for people who are always used to blending in, but for entrepreneurs, the worst thing you could do is create a brand that blends in with the industry. For example, when I showed up at the first national convention of the professional organizers, I showed up in my major mom t-shirt and my camel pants and a camel hat on, and they were totally offended. 
they were like, what the hell is she wearing? And I had my business partner with me as well. We were both dressed that way because 99% of the professional organizers dressed in button down shirts and khaki pants and they're very conservative looking and um, they, they rejected that. But I knew that if we wanted to be successful and build a brand that had recognition with honor and things like that, you have to stand out and be different because if you blend in, no one can remember you. So when it's time to hire you or time to listen to your radio station or your podcast, people can't remember who you are because you didn't have the courage to stand out and be different in an honorable way, not in a disgusting, gross way, like some people on TV do, but I'm talking about <laughs> in alignment with God's vision for who you hear, who you're supposed to be here on this planet. Stand out, be noticed, and be courageous to build a brand that goes against the grain of your industry. That is, folks, listen, that's probably some of the best advice that we've had anybody give on this show as long as I've been doing this. Angela, I can't, I can't thank you enough for, for taking time out of your busy day to come and share uh, your experience, your uh, decision hours, and your company. Uh, folks, make sure you check it out. It's uh, Go to www.majororganizers.com. Get on there right now. You're, you're already listening to the show. Open up another browser. Go to the website. Reach out. This is a great organization. And if you got some clutter in your life, hit these gals up because... Uh, They'll, they'll, they'll put you in the right, right spot and they will liberate you. So, Andrew, thank you so much. Adam, thanks. Best to you and we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Angela Cody, major organizers. Check that organization out, www.majororganizers.com. Awesome, awesome lady. I was talking to Angela a little bit offline here and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to her some more and uh, having her help me get more organized. So if you need some organization or you need to be liberated, go to www.majororganizers.com. Let them help you get organized. Uh, I'm up. That's it. That's all the time I got for this week. So before I let you go, uh, again, got to do a shout out to Heroes Media Group, all the great shows and sponsors of the network. If you're looking uh, to become part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Thanks again for listening to The Decision Hour.